the Jericho Network on Westwood One. Millions of dollars, millions of dollars. All right, former WWE Tag Team Champions, the primetime players, Titus O'Neil and Darren Young are in the talk is Jericho hot seat today. You'll hear where their name came from and, of course, the millions of dollars dance. I love that. How they both made it to the WWE separately, how they became a tag team, and then Darren gets real about what it means to be gay in the world of pro wrestling and what it was like finally coming out. Titus talks about his troubled childhood and the boys ranch that changed his life. They've both got some seriously funny stories about driving around talk as Jericho alumni, the great Kali as well. They're both Kali uh, uh, assistants, Kali job boys. Talk is Jericho, baby. Talk is Jericho. Welcome to Talk is Jericho, the pot of thunder and rock and roll. The people's podcast has arrived. The remedy for boredom is here. And let's go for a ride with the primetime players. They are in the, his house. Darren Young and Titus O'Neil, former WWE tag team champions. They've got some great stories to tell. And I got some great stories to tell, too. Talk is Jericho fanatics. How in the hell are you? Hope you're having a, a great week. Glad to have you back here on a Wednesday. Funny story. Like I said, I was in Tallahassee the other day for the very end end of the Y2J summer tour and I was flying to New York City and I was uh, going through Atlanta so it's a 30 minute flight from Tallahassee to Atlanta delayed for two and a half hours because the bathroom door was broke in the lavatory shaders broke it wasn't even that it wasn't even the, the bathroom it was actually the door to the bathroom I'm like it's a 30 minute flight can't you just put like a curtain up or tell people just to hold it? I think if you would have told everybody, listen, we can't close the bathroom door. The Biffy door is not working. Can you please not go to the bathroom during this flight? Or we have to fix the bathroom door so you can go to the bathroom during this 30-minute flight. I bet you everybody would have chosen, please, we won't go to the bathroom. We'll hold it. We've got 30 minutes. We can make it. But instead, I had to wait there for four hours or two, or sorry, two and a half hours, whatever it was. Anyways, um, while I was there, I was reading uh, a couple magazines about the furor that D Donald Trump is causing by running for president. And it's amazing how he's doing in the polls because people think, you know, he's, he's a political novice. He doesn't really know uh, a lot of things about the specifics, doesn't really have a lot of solid platforms. It's said, said a lot of outrageous things. And yet here he is leading the polls in, in a lot of these uh, a lot of these races that's going on. Here's my thing. All right. The reason why people like Donald Trump and the reason why someone like Kanye West is going to run for president 2020, whatever he said, is because people are sick of the stuffed shirt politicians. They like Donald Trump because he doesn't care. He just says whatever comes to mind and as outrageous it is or as stupid as it might sound, people like that. It's a breath of fresh air because all politicians that you see on TV are very same. They're very proper. They're prim. They do things by the book. They do the things the way they're supposed to be. There's no fire. There's no originality. There's no character there. And I'm not saying Donald Trump's the right guy for the job. This is not a political debate on that. My point is he's doing a great job of appearing uh, entertaining and being something different in front of the camera. I would like to go back in a time machine and maybe somebody, if anybody was around back when Ronald Reagan was running for president, if it was the same thing. Because Reagan, of course, was a Hollywood actor, kind of a Hollywood B-movie actor, best known, I think, for Bedtime for Bonzo, which was a movie that he made with a monkey. Then he runs for president, and I bet you there might have been a lot of people going, what the hell does Reagan know about being a politician, even though Reagan was the governor of California, I believe. But the point being, he knows how to work a camera. He knows how to 
shake the hands and kiss the babies. And you're talking back about Tough Enough, saying that Tough Enough was a popularity contest, and that's why somebody won. That's why Sarah won. That's why Josh won. Isn't that what politics is too? Isn't it just one big popularity contest? You know, I remember when, when Obama was running for president. I think he was up against uh, maybe it was McCain, and I was like, "There's it's obvious Obama's going to win because he's a rock star. He comes out there, he's got the poise, he looks cool." And McCain, you know, no disrespect, but he was older guy can't move his arms very well because of his injuries that he suffered as a POW but still I mean you look at Obama and go that's 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 the guy he's the rock star and I think that's the same thing with Trump Trump is, is kind of like the rock star of this race to whereas people want something different now if he gets an office it could be a total shit show but my point is they like the entertainment value of it and that's why he's doing so good in the polls it's also such a long way away from actually electing anybody he could totally poop out and flame out but right now the way it stands Trump is in the lead and I remember Back when uh, Eddie Murphy was doing co- comedy comedy records, they were talking about Jesse Jackson and how you know black people would vote for Jesse Jackson as as a joke, as a goof, as he said, and they'd be like, "What? He effing won?" And I think that could be the thing with Trump. People might vote for him just for fun. Hey, I'm going to vote for Donald Trump. <laughs> and suddenly, Trump's the actual president of the United States. And things he doesn't care what he says. He doesn't care any backlash that he gets because he doesn't have to impress any sponsors. He doesn't have to uh, go for any funding or beg for any funding or, or, or you know do any of that kind of uh, manipulation or networking for funding. He can just fund himself. And he's saying, you know, if I don't get into to the candidacy, the Republican candidacy, I'll just go and run independently. And he will because he can fund himself. So that's another reason he just does not care. So I think, once again, when you're talking about a guy that can just do it any way he wants to do it and can do it completely unorthodox and completely unique and completely the way that people will go, you know what, I actually like this guy. That could be something that sways, uh, sways votes to his end. I remember in Canada back in like 92 or something, Doug Henning ran for prime minister. Doug Henning was a, was a famous magician, an illusionist, kind of had buck teeth and a, and, a, and a mustache. And he looked like he was in sticks, like in about 1978, had kind of the long hair, poodle hair, whatever you might say. So he ran for prime minister, and I remember him saying, if I can make an elephant disappear, I can make the deficit disappear too. And I was like, that's the best line ever. And I totally voted for him. And he, got like 2% of the votes. But for me, I didn't know much about politics. I just knew that guy was funny and I liked him. Same thing with Trump. Trump is in the same boat where he's doing something completely, now for something completely different. And you're thinking, oh my gosh, he's so funny and so unorthodox. And so I believe the saying is, get the buzzer ready, uh, zero fucks given, that he might actually squeak in there for that very reason. And this is why I have a theory. And I read about, I read this, I think there's a, uh, uh, Instagram posting that's that says it's for um, a certain celebrity to become the president to run for president and that celebrity is Bill Murray I think it's for Bill Murray for president on Instagram if Bill Murray ran for president he would win today because everybody loves Bill Murray and that's the type of modern day politician I think you're going to get somebody with some kind of celebrity notoriety like Reagan had in 1980 like Donald Trump has now a Bill Murray a George Clooney, somebody like that that wants to run for president could probably you, you could do very well. I mean, Kanye is a little bit polarizing, but that's the idea in that you're looking for the anti-politician. Somebody to kind of you know take charge and just tell us what's going on and don't be politically correct and just be you, be real. 
It's the same way that Clinton got elected for playing saxophone on Arsenio and smoking pot, although he didn't inhale. Same reason why Schwarzenegger got, got elected into the governorship and why he would have been the president if he would have had a, an American birth certificate. He just wasn't born in this country, so he couldn't be president. But everyone would have voted for Arnold Schwarzenegger because it's Arnold Schwarzenegger. So I think Donald Trump, if he keeps up and doing the way he's doing, maybe work on his platforms a little bit more, get a little bit more um, adept at what he's talking about as far as the details. And, you know, I'm not going to say tone down uh, some of his outrageous sentiments but just continue doing what you're doing he's, he's not really offending anybody the people that he's offending don't like him anyways but a lot of people are behind him because he's just completely unorthodox doing things his way i read somewhere even you guys can verify this on the twitter at talk is jericho that the latino community loves donald trump because they're saying that a lot of the things that he's saying is correct about you know illegal immigration and that sort of thing. So I don't know if that's true, but people that are kind of in America are maybe agreeing with Donald Trump. But point being, all the outrageous stuff that he's saying, it's actually working. Can you imagine your newest president of the United States of America, Donald Trump? I love the way he wears his baseball hat too, to do his speeches. Like, who wears a baseball cap? To do a speech, like the presidents, even are they even allowed to wear caps? Trump is wearing one. Think about it, guys. It's a very weird, real possibility. Your new president, Donald Trump. All right, I'm here in the uh, specially constructed podcast room with the tag team champions of the world, primetime players, the house, baby. What's that? PTP's in PTP the house. PTP's in the house. I love that the initials of PTP, primetime players. So uh, a lot of requests for you guys. You guys are getting uh, really popular now in your second incarnation yeah. as the primetime players, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, uh, it's been fun second time around, uh, especially when we got a opportunity to uh, go for the titles of Money in the Bank, and now we're tag team champions, and, and uh, it just feels like it, it was just meant to to happen this time but chris i still have trust issues though. i still have trust issues with yeah people, but once someone turns on you it's yeah. hard to, it's hard to forget that we're still trying to work through that I, I, i'm i'm keeping an abundance of quest bars in my bag <laughs> yeah keep happy. what's your favorite flavor of quest bars uh, uh cookie dough cookie dough yeah is that yours too yeah, cookie yeah. Dough. now yeah. i'm an apple pie a la mode guy I actually you tried like those, those ones. Too. Yes, I warm them up. Have you tried them? No, no, I haven't tried those. They're really good. Yeah, like those things are the best inventions ever. Yeah. So I always start thinking, like, is this like a Seinfeld thing when they're eating like the non-fat yogurt? <laughs> mm. Is it going to end yeah. up being like making us all fat so or does it really work? I'm wondering. You got to be careful with the sugar alcohol too. Well, now what's but is that a real thing? Like, yeah, well, I, I, the sugar alcohol binds me. I don't know about you, but it binds the hell out of me. It's <laughs> too much. Oh, it binds you like you get freaked out or no. I can't go to the bathroom. Oh, binds stop, you. Stop yeah. up. Yeah, I wasn't familiar with that term. Okay, like a, binds like you. Oh man, if you want to get prune juice and, and all kind of stuff. Now you guys are a classic tag team and that you, you you also travel together as well, right? Yeah. Yeah, Just the yeah. two of you guys? Yeah, yeah. We were before we were in tag team and we were uh traveling together. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, Darren's one of the first people to kind of reach out and help me when I first started mm-hmm. and uh, get in the ring with me and uh, try to help me out. So I've always, we've always had that connection. Who drives? I do all the driving because. Not all of it. I've been, I've been picking up my slack lately. I do majority driving from the independence, like yeah. traveling the Northeast. So I'm used to the driving, but this guy to my right, you know, he just loves tweeting and always on social media, you know, which and is a sleeping. great thing. And sleeping too. Does he ever? Does he, does he ever? Uh, does he ever tweet while he's driving? 
I'm sure he does, yeah. <laughs> well, no, you're sleeping? Him. Yeah. Oh, he no, does no, it, too. I don't sleep because I get nervous when he drives. Yeah. You're not used to driving in the big city? No, I, I just don't drive well. <laughs> <laughs> How did you guys end up getting together in the first place? Was it one of these things where they just had two guys that weren't doing anything and stuck you together? Or was it something you guys wanted to do yourselves? No, we were on the NXT the second time around. Both of us were on NXT Redemption. And the season was only supposed to last like six weeks, and it ended up lasting almost a year. Mm. And so they kind of ran Which out of kept going. Yeah, I ran out of storylines, and I had become a good guy. Went from good guy to bad guy, back to good guy, all in a year. And uh, but the backstages that me and him had, and the chemistry we had, both inside and outside of the ring, was kind of a natural fit. And uh, you know, they gave us an opportunity to kind of go out and be ourselves in the backstage segments and. Uh, that did well on NXT, and they said, hey, let's give them an opportunity on SmackDown and see what happens. And I think it was John Laurinaitis that yeah. gave us SmackDown contracts, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah John Laurinaitis, he, uh, hey, we're going to give you guys an opportunity and uh, see if you can run with it. Just it's... make sure you don't fall up the stairs. Yeah. yeah. It's like my idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. idea I came up with? I, I said they announced you guys first. I told you. It's my idea. I told, I told you. you. So you were at NXT twice, Darren? Yeah, NXT 1 was a nightmare for me. Mm-hmm. In what way? Because this was like, let me just set the tone here. NXT 1 was the huge takeover that really kind of was, was the biggest thing in the company the for original, a while. Yeah. The original NXT mm-hmm. 1, right. Yeah. You said that was a, a nightmare for you? It was a nightmare because it was like American Gladiators. And I said to myself, if I wanted to do American Gladiators or... Um, American Ninja Warrior, I would do that because they had the obstacles, right. the challenges. It was just bullshit. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, uh, I feel like it, it exposed a lot of us because I'm not good at juggling or <laughs> doing uh, obstacles and stuff yeah. like that. So when the fans see that, you know, they're like, oh, they're not going to take this guy seriously. Mm-hmm. But NXT now is off the hook. Right. Mm-hmm. But, the, but the original, after that NXT season was done, who was your pro in that first season? CM Punk. CM Punk. So after that first season was done, then you guys got the call one day in Miami, I remember, that you were going to attack the entire company. Mm-hmm. So how was that for you? Because then now you're in the, the big leagues. Well, for everyone, it was just nerve-wracking because, uh, you know, a lot of the OGs that were on the roster, they were like, you know, who are these young guys? You know, really? You know, coming in and stuff like that. So we needed to deliver. And Vincent Mann said, you know, this is a big uh, big moment for you guys, and you need to deliver, and we did that night. Mm-hmm. How was it for you, though, that whole three-month period where you guys were kind of the hottest thing in the business? It was fun. It was fun. We did a lot of things, and um, I feel like it ended a little too short. Mm-hmm. Uh, SummerSlam was the culmination. Uh, I think it was 707. I believe mm-hmm. you were part of it, yep. too. And I feel the Nexus should have, you know, been on top, you know, should have won, and I think it would have even bettered our value. It would have extended your guys' shelf life for, for a while as well, right? Sure. But I remember talking to you guys when it first went down and saying, like, you know, for you guys, like, some of you guys, this will be like the peak of your career. Other guys, this is just the start. Some of you guys won't even be here next year. And you're, well, there's a couple of guys that aren't here, but most of the guys are pretty much here still. Uh, it's me, Heath Slater, Daniel Bryan, Wade, Ryback, that's about it. That's about it, right, yeah. exactly. So when that whole invasion was done, did you kind of get thrown by the wayside, or did, did you have something going on after that? Well, I was billed as, like, the weakest link, so uh, I was, like, battling Wade and, um, you know. Right, was, you were the first guy pinned in the 7-on-7, seven seven, I think? Yeah, me and uh, 
angry Michael Tarver. <laughs> angry Michael Tarver. So I got a punch. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so I think the next night after uh, we lost, uh, we all called out a W. The WWE superstar, and um, I called out John Cena, and uh, the, the biggest guy in the company. I called him out, and we had like a 15-minute match on Raw. Uh, I lost, and that's when the Nexus kicked me out because I didn't deliver. And it was um, a lot of the guys backstage were like, "Oh man, this Darren Young can go. Mm-hmm. He can really go." And I went 15 minutes with John. Because up until then, you're just doing short matches or big group matches. You're actually the, remember that you were the Black John Cena. Yeah, the right? Black John Cena, <laughs> Buckweed. It was. I wish I made his money though. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, but yeah, it was wacky. So then you get kicked out of the out of the NXT, and then end up back in NXT. Yeah, I got kicked out of. Uh, no, well, I, I got eliminated from NXT. I did the Nexus. They kicked me out, and then it was time for redemption, and that's when I really, you know. Um, had great moments with Titus mm-hmm. and everyone else that was involved in that uh, season. What did they say to you? They were just going to put you back into the NXT thing again and see how it goes? Yeah, they just, you know, I'm a, I'm a great, great talent in the ring. And, you know, they, they felt like, um, they felt like, you know, let, let's try this opportunity again with you. Mm-hmm. And uh, they did, and I did well with it. Who was your pro that year? Very uh, made a mark on your career, right? If you think about it, who was your pro yeah. that year, Titus? Uh, the first time around, it was Zach Ryder. You were in it twice too. Yeah. How many I, times I did you guys get one, to do these damn I was, things? I was the first one eliminated yeah. for the first season, but I had just, <laughs> mind you, I had just signed with the company like four months. before And didn't you that. sign with like Batista's neighbor or something like well, this? Or? Yeah, I, I just <laughs> I was driving like, down to South Tampa <laughs> and got and got uh, and David told me where the school was and. He had talked to me a few times and said, man, you should try it out. You should try it out. And I was like, man, I'm not doing that. Uh, I wanted to coach, and that's what I was going to go do. But I was driving down to South Tampa one day in the place which you probably have gone uh, across the street where they boot, where guys got their boots and, and stuff fixed. Mm-hmm. That I, I used to take my dress shoes over there all the time. So I never really knew about FCW until – I actually went over there, and I went in the back door and said, hey, I want to talk to somebody about possibly giving this a try. And uh, they said, um, well, Steve, Kern, and Dusty need to be the guys you need to talk to, uh, but they're not here right now, but I'm sure they you know, would love to talk to you. And so and that was Norman Smiley who told me that. Mm-hmm. And so I left when they got my kids. They told me to come back that night because they had a TV taping that night. So I left, got my kids, asked them if they wanted to go to a – uh, wrestling show and they said yeah sure and uh we went back we watched the show i looked over at tj i said is that much my oldest son i said is this something you think you'd like to see me do and he's like yeah sure and then i asked titus you know do you think i can do this and titus was like yeah you titus is your other son yeah my youngest and uh we i left uh well we went to the back after the show was over talked with steve and dusty for like 15 minutes and then as i was driving home uh, John Laurinaitis gave me a call and said, hey, you know, uh, Steve and Dusty talked high of you. Uh, I spoke highly that of quick? you. That quick? Yeah. It was a quick, uh, yeah, quick call. Then, yeah, so he called me. They said, uh, we got this big Adonis-looking <laughs> guy here. He better yeah. sign him. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, two weeks later I was signed, and I went up the following week. Uh, the, the, you know, the next Tuesday I was up on a plane to Pittsburgh to go take my physical, and then the week after that I was in the ring, bumping around. Ring, bumping around, right? Yeah. So you, that, if I wasn't, if I hadn't, if I hadn't signed that quick, I would have, I would have been at Florida coaching. 
Because you played in the NFL or you played university college played, football? Yeah, I played in Jacksonville. I went and tore my ACL in Jacksonville. Then I played arena football for six years and uh, had talked to Coach uh, Meyer and some of the staff there. And I've always been welcomed back to the University of Florida to do anything I want to do. Right. So the interesting opportunity yeah. came up yeah. and, and you took it. And I was going to – you know, I was going to coach. I, I, I legit um, – and I'm going to still do it. You still can, actually. right? Yeah, yeah. So but, Darren, you, you've been working for a long time before you came to the WWE, right? You working independence and stuff like that? Yeah, I started in 2002 working oh, in wow. Northeast. Okay. So, I mean. So you had a good seven, eight years before the whole NXT thing happened. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I did. Um, I was a local whenever the WWE would be in the Northeast, New Jersey, New York, PA. I did a lot of traveling, and I was always in the area. Um, and uh, I did tryout after tryout with WWE and the they closed the door in my face so many times, and it was actually in 2009 when I did a paid tryout in Tampa, and I beat out 75 guys and girls from all over the world. Wow. In a well, it was one of those, like, seminar tryout things. Four-day tryout. You pay? Paid, I think. They pay you or you pay them? I paid You them. paid them, right. And I was a maniac mm. because I wasn't leaving. It was, like, my last resort. Because last chance. If I hadn't gotten signed, I was number three on the fire department test in a town where I lived and if I didn't get signed I would have probably uh, been a firefighter right now mm -hmm. so, who else was in that in that camp anybody else that, that made it through or was it all just um, hopefuls AJ or no? oh AJ Lee got mm -hmm. signed the same day I got okay signed. Mm -hmm. she was crying her eyes out and I was very, very happy for her mm -hmm. very happy for her she's from Union City I'm from oh, that's Union, right you guys so. are both Jersey yeah. Jersey kids, right? Yeah, so, I, so I was happy for her. So when you guys started getting together to put together the primetime players, was that your idea, that name? Yeah. And what, what was the concept of the name? Uh, just because we both felt like we, we deserved an opportunity to be on primetime television. Mm. You know, so we just felt like uh, we had worked extremely hard, both inside and outside of the ring, and uh, we represent the company well. And uh, we deserved an opportunity to go out there and get better like everybody else. And what are the millions? Millions of dollars. That's the best part. Yeah. Well, that millions of yeah. dollars. Millions of dollars. Yeah. I saw you guys do that on Tough Enough, and I was like, I was jealous, man. I wanted to try that. The fire department. <laughs> well, that came about by accident. Yeah. Because uh, I was driving, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was driving. As always. Yeah. yeah. I was driving. He was texting or sleeping. Yeah. And I was woke. <laughs> I was driving recklessly. And uh, I think the big man said, damn, you don't lost your mind? You got millions of dollars in this car. And I just started cracking up. Yeah. And the rest was history. Yeah, you so got million dollars in this car and me. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah, exactly. No, That's I told him you had, yeah, yeah. That's what Art Anderson used to say. You know how much million dollar talent in this car and the disco inferno. Yeah. 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 So, the, so where does the dance come from? The dance just comes from me being in a sports huddle. Every, you know, oh. you look at football, even now, like, Every Saturday, and even basketball, you see them all huddled up, and they all swaying to the left and right. Even when you, when you score a touchdown, too, yeah. you kind of got that little swag yeah. to you. Yeah. But, Big Man, I remember uh, that dance coming about. I think we beat Yoshitatsu and Zeke, and we got a like, first formidable team. Yeah, 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 yeah. We got our first W, and we were going crazy. Yeah, going yeah. Back and forth. Yeah. I think that's how it came Yeah, about. it just naturally happened. Yeah. But, yeah, it just was like, We won. Yeah. We yeah. won. So, so when you guys start with that, uh, it was designed as a heel gimmick, correct? Yes. It was the heel thing. Yeah. But it's pretty catchy. Mm -hmm. So it starts getting over, yeah. right? So when you guys broke up the first time, were you guys heels or baby faces? Uh, heels. Heels. And they just thought you had gone as far as you could go with it, or was it deal? No, I, I don't know. I One of those things? Yeah, it's just, yeah, I sit on I was furious. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I was furious. I, I was, Why is that? 
uh, because there was no like reason to it. There was mm -hmm. no like build up. It's just like that morning we did media, and that afternoon we were breaking up. So mm. there was no like story behind it. Like uh, you know, he's trying to get a singles push, or he's trying to outstage me, or vice versa. There was nothing to it. He just turned on me for no reason. Yeah, I mean, if there's a story behind it, that's great. But it was just like out of nowhere. Just done. Yeah. I remember we, we had a, a the only time ever, I ever worked with 3MB, mm -hmm. and we were, I think, Grand Rapids or something. I was working with, let's say, it's Slater. Mm -hmm. And the word came down to, so oh, by the way, uh, if you beat Slater, that the 3MB has to break up. We're like, mm -hmm. what? Like, it's a three-minute yeah. match on Raw. Like, yeah. seriously? Yeah. Like, why? Yeah. And then, of course, it changed, and then yeah. it changed back, and then it changed. But I think sometimes ideas sound good for a moment, so let's do it. Yeah. You know, but then you guys get left to kind of pick up the pieces with that. Mm -hmm. You know, but that's kind of how it is when you're here. I mean, you you, knew, you know that at the time. So, what do you do when when you when you when you had to break up? Uh, well, he, he you got injured. Yeah, I got injured <laughs> shortly after. <laughs> I had a little vacation to my ACL. That's and, right. Uh, you were up for a while. Hidalgo, Texas, wrestling uh, Fandango, mm. just doing a uh, just doing a double axe off the apron, and I just straight leg down tore my ACL and MCL. Not always the way, just something, not even a, yeah. a nothing move. It means yeah. nothing. Yeah. And that's that takes a long time to come back from that one. Yeah, I was back in eight months. I was like in rehab. I was like Ray Lewis. I was a maniac. because I don't, No days off. No days off. Yeah. I, I live it, breathe it, and I try to spread that message to everyone. So when you're, when you're um, do you take this as kind of like a, oh, shit, or you take it like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to uh, use this for what it's worth, clear my mind, get the eight months, and then come back stronger than ever? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was uh, I was heavily involved in speaking engagements with the LGBT community, mm -hmm. so I s always stayed busy. I was busy with um, the Be A Star program, and um, yeah, I went a little crazy for a little bit because I was home. Um, Stir crazy? Yeah, yeah. I stayed busy. Uh, like I said, with the speaking engagements and rehab. Mm -hmm. And then what are you doing at this time? Uh, just sporadic singles matches. Here and there? Whoever. And right. Yeah, it was very frustrating time just because, you know, you you out pitch ideas and get told one. I mean, like you say, it's the business of you get told one thing and then something else happens and this and that. You never really know what the truth is mm -hmm. and, uh, and big I'm, man missed me a little bit <laughs> yeah yeah a little bit yeah missed yeah, your partner on the road yeah i definitely missed it missed you, him you no one to drive him around yeah yeah nobody <laughs> driving around well seamus seamus drove me around he, he he loves driving both of them love driving see i'm the same i yeah. i don't like not driving yeah like anywhere yeah i think it's just over the years you just get used to having your own pace you yeah. know what i mean yeah i'm horrible at, at snow and, and rain too well, you're a Florida boy. Yeah. See, he's a Jersey race. boy. It's okay, yeah. 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 He, he drives in the snow like he's driving on a, a clear road. I'm well, scared, you gotta get you got to learn how to do that, man. And what's going to happen if you guys get split up again? Hey, well, we're still driving together. You're going to be like great Kali and have to get someone to drive you around no, all the time? No, no, no. We're still riding together. I, I did Kali duty. Yeah. Did you really? Yeah, yeah, I did too. And he didn't you pay both for, did. Yeah. He didn't pay for a damn meal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. See, this is I what I've heard. He hears yeah. this. That's what TJ and, and, uh, and Natty said. Like, he wouldn't even put gas in the car. Like, yeah. come on, dude. No. Throw yeah. something in. No right? money. No, no. How do you draw Kali duty? What, they just—they ask you. Hey, Darren, they run out of they run out gotta, of people to volunteer idea. to do it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but I love doing it because yeah, you, you he's really not hard. like yeah, he's, he's a great guy. Yeah, but, yeah, you know. but he he can be a little demanding. Yeah, like what? But you have to be demanding back to him. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's like, hey man, my brother, I'm hungry. Well, you should have <laughs> eaten. <laughs> you know, 
uh, two stops ago when we stopped <laughs> when we at the gas ate. station yeah. 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 with everybody else. <laughs> I don't eat that. All right, well, you won't eat because we got to get to the next town. Eat so. that brother, find a Denny's. Yeah, brother. find a Denny's because he wants hey, to Yeah, it's 2 o'clock in the morning. He wants us to go and sit down, have a meal, and we still got 200 more miles to go. No, Kyle, hey, sit your ass back, eat this Snickers bar. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the hard thing when you're traveling with a bunch of guys. Yeah. Like That's why like I used to travel with 8 down to 6, 4, 2, and that's just me. Like I mm. don't like traveling with anybody else because I'm on my own pace at yeah. this point. Yeah. You ha- It's so important to find the right partner right. to travel with, right. which is why you know you guys traveling together and working together. I mean that's a pretty rare thing. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah we complement each other. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. I, I book pretty much everything and make sure we got places to work out and train. Mm-hmm. And you know he's been he, he he's got a closet full of free stuff. Uh, so it, it balances out, you know. I take care of Titus is always working it, man. No, He's I just got. It. I mean, I just got a lot of a lot of good friends and good places, so it, it works out exactly. So when you were off, and you mentioned you you mentioned the LGBT community, did you when you came back? Is that when you came out as as, as gay? No, it's going to be two years uh, coming up. Uh, it was before. It was yeah. before you got hurt. Mm-hmm. It was before I got hurt. Really? So you, yeah. you made the announcement, then you got hurt? Yeah. Oh, okay, I got we you. We were actually baby faces when we broke up then. You sure? Yeah. I don't remember. You know me, my memory. Yeah, because when you yeah. came Just out. Yeah. Selective memory too, right? Uh, yeah. Well, that too. <laughs> that too. But that was a pretty, uh, I mean, pretty courageous thing to, to do. Um, what kind of prompted you to finally make that announcement? Uh, I just felt like it was the right place, right time, mm-hmm. and um, TMZ camera, yeah, right? Yeah, <laughs> and I said what I said, but uh, after I was done saying what I said, I went back to the hotel and I was just sick as a dog. Really? Yeah, I was like, why is that? I was terrified because I didn't know how people were going to perceive me, mm-hmm. and. Um, I called WWE right away, but before I called WWE, I called my best friend from New York Trouble, and I said, "I mean, Trouble." <laughs> I said, "Yeah, that's that's his uh, uh, independent wrestling name oh, okay. back in the day." But uh, I said, "What should I do?" He said, "Call someone from WWE and just let them know what happened." And I called someone from WWE, and they said everything was going to be okay, and the news broke, and I had to do a be a star the next day. And I told Stephanie, "I said I can't do it. I don't want to leave the hotel room." Hmm. And she assured me everything was going to be okay. And uh, I was happy I did the BSR. Now I do them uh, on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I was very fearful of how people were gonna uh, uh, think of me. You afraid that people were gonna be like catcalling you and throwing things at you or something? Or? Dad and you know family too. Uh, Your family didn't even know. Oh uh, well, my close family knew. Mm-hmm. But, uh, my close uncle and grandfather, who were old school, I was very afraid of them finding out the news. But they were very supportive. Mm-hmm. Very supportive. Did you know Titus? Yeah. You guys knew? Yeah, I just it was it was his decision whenever right. he was ready. But I mean, does it really make a difference? It doesn't. You know what I mean? Like it that's doesn't. the thing that makes, that makes like it's such a big thing to mm-hmm. say, but I can't see why anybody would make a big deal of it unless you're, you know, closed minded or whatever yeah. it may be. But yeah. yeah, I think some people might have felt uncomfortable and people that used to talk to me, don't really talk to me anymore, but it is what it really? is. Really? So know? there were some people that kind of changed? Uh, I, I mean, everyone is still nice to me, but you can just tell people's demeanors. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people's demeanors change. but Even within this, even within these walls? Just everywhere. Yeah. Just everywhere. Everywhere in general. But it is what it is. I come here to uh, entertain. and 
Well, the thing is, though, like especially being in the WWE, I've been here for 16 years, and my number one biggest mentor in the business is Pat Patterson. Mm -hmm. Like, taught me 90% of what I know mm -hmm. on how to put together a good match. And The Rock will tell you that, and Sean will tell you that, and Brett will tell you that, anybody that's worked with Pat. And we all know he's gay, and who gives a shit? He's yeah. a genius, he's a great guy, and we love him, and yeah. whatever. So that's why it, it, always, it would surprise me if anybody had an issue. But then again, you know, everyone's got their own different way of doing things. But did you ever talk to Pat about, about this at all? Oh, yeah, yeah. Did you? Oh, yeah, we've talked about it, and Pat's just funny. Yeah. He, he, he just he thinks I like to party. I said, Pat, I don't party, man. He's like, what do you mean? Because he's he lives, asking him questions. Yeah, because yeah. he lives in Florida. He's like, oh, I live near South Beach, and he's like, oh, do you like to go to the bar? I said, no, Pat, I don't really like to do that. He's like, why not? He's like, sometimes when I'm down there, I like to, you know, uh, have a couple of drinks, and, you know, it gets late, and I just get a hotel room. Have a couple said, drinks and have a good time. Yeah. Come on. I said, no, Pat, I don't do that. I just like to people watch and go to the beach and relax. Pat's going to show you the hot spots, right? Yeah, yeah, I told him. I told him. I said, yeah, Pat, you got to show me where to go. <laughs> but, I mean, like I said, it, it's, it's um, you know, a friend of mine is, is Rob Halford. He's a singer of Judas Priest. And in the 80s, he knew he was gay. And being the gay singer of a heavy metal band was very taboo. Now, nobody cares. Yeah. Times have really changed over the last 10, 15, 20, 30 years to where it's like, hey, whatever, big deal. But I can see why that would be something that he had to, to bear that cross for years because of the, the world he was in. You know, Is, is it, is it um, being in the pro wrestling world, what, 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 what do other people in, in the gay community think of like you being a wrestler? Is it like a no big deal or is it like cool? Or Oh, they think it's cool mm -hmm. and they support it. And... Um I mean, the, at the end of the day, I just want to be able to be a good representation for the LGBT community on WWE television or any platform that uh, I have the opportunity to uh, talk about. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, you know, they've all been supportive of the LGBT community. Mm -hmm. Because you're kind of your celebrity too, right? You, you've got, I'll say it, you work for the WWE, you're an international superstar. So that's a, that's a good thing. Yeah. You know, you like you could be a, like a, almost a role model in a lot of different ways. Yeah, absolutely. Because now my job is to like help others that are dealing with the same issues I was dealing with. Because, mm -hmm. um, just just for example, when I would do promos on Independence, I would do my promos like this because I didn't want people to think that. You know, I could be feminine and stuff right. like that. So at the time, I was Bone Crusher Fred Sampson, so I would cut my promos like this. So no one would think that, you know, think anything of me. You're overcompensating, right? Exactly. Yeah. And I hated it. I hated it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I understand because it's not you. Yeah. But but now that you're you're you and you've, you know, you've come out as, as a gay man and nothing changed. You're still... No, I'm just able to be myself and just talk and not right. have to worry about what I'm saying. And I don't have to worry about... Uh, I don't want to name a particular wrestler, but say, oh, you want to go to the strip club? Hell no. I'm not going to no <laughs> damn strip club. You know, I've been hey, to plenty gay. of times. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> you know, back in the day, I was miserable. Yeah. Miserable. I would go and I'd be miserable. But so not, you would have to anymore. put on the facade that, uh, like, yeah, dude, let's go get I some chicks. I hated it. Wow. I hated so it. So you would go out just to try and fit in? I would, my, I would be a fly on the wall. My back would be against the wall. I'd be so uncomfortable. Hmm. So uncomfortable. But now I don't have to deal with it anymore. How did, God. how did you feel about that, Titus? 
about 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 your partner being gay. Oh, I I don't care. Right. I mean, I have family members that are gay. Mm-hmm. I, I love him to death. You know, I, I love him to death. You know, he stays over at my house when he's in. We have shows in Florida, and my kids call him Uncle Fred. That's cool. And uh, yeah, I don't I don't care. I've never cared about someone's sexual orientation or race for the matter because you know when I was younger, uh, people from all walks of life you know gave me an opportunity or invested in me when they didn't have to. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, w- it was my gay English teacher uh, that, before she was my English, English teacher, told me in the ninth grade that you know I'm going to make sure that you don't that you don't fail here, mm-hmm. uh, because I went to the high school in, in a predominantly a very like uh, segregated town. Uh, at our football games, the black people sat on one side and the whites sat on one side, and we won four state championships in a row. And you think that that really? was really? Yeah. What year was that? Uh, ninety six or oh, ninety three. And where was that? Ninety six. Live Oak, Swanee High School. In in Florida. Yeah. It still. was segregated in ninety six. Yeah. Yeah. It's incredible. And it's like it's wow. like uh, it's not 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 legally segre- segregated. No, but, but if you go to the games, you you would see all the blacks sitting on one section Amy. and all the whites, and everybody's cheering for the to, for the same hmm. team. Um, but yeah, she she was gay. She was white. And uh, she was really the, like the honors 11th and 12th grade teacher, um, but she just took a liking to me. I was a kid that was coming from the Florida Sheriff's Boys Ranch, so I wasn't even from Live Oak. I was there as a kid that was trying to turn his life around, and, you know, she, she her, the superintendent of schools, and, and my high school football coach really invested in it made me. Made a difference. Yeah, like a huge difference. And my high school football coach was a – uh, in some cases, to some people, he might have been a redneck, but I loved him to death. <laughs> Chewed tobacco every game, got fined every game for chewing tobacco <laughs> on the sideline. Coach? Yeah, every game I uh, got <laughs> chewed, got fined. And, uh, so I've been very fortunate. And mm. uh, um, the guy that kind of really turned, turned, like helped me turn the corner as far as faith was concerned was a homeless guy, which is why I have a heart for the homeless. Uh, he was a guy that used to be at our track every day watching football watching practices and uh one day he he i was walking in and he said can i speak to you for a second and it this was is a homeless guy yeah, yeah yeah and uh everybody treated him well though like everybody treated him like family there uh but he uh he said i want you to understand that you have a very powerful presence and god wants to use you and he's going to use you in a mm. very mighty way and this is my 10th grade year and uh um from that day forward, I used to talk to him, and then he got me going to church more. And uh, that was a really pivotal point for me as far as believing and understanding, like having faith and and, and learning about, like, accepting people. Because mm-hmm. I was in a place where I was one of only, like, three black kids on the boys' ranch anyway out of 114. And a boys' ranch is yeah. for, like, kids, kids like that were uh, don't have any. Yeah, they were, like... Well, in my case, I was very, uh, well, one, I was poor because my mom was a single mother. Mm-hmm. I lived in the projects. So I used to get in trouble in fights all the time. And uh, fortunately, uh, we ran into a friend of a friend that worked at the sheriff's office and knew the sheriff very well and said, hey, we want to give this guy an opportunity. And I was on a list of, like, thousands of names because it's, 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 I mean, it's Just always. Just to get into the boys' club? To get in the boys' ranch. And, uh, boys' ranch, yeah. Got the opportunity, and 
I mean, I say it every interview that's asked about, like, what, what's the pivotal point of my life? And it was literally going to the Florida Sheriff's Boys Ranch because I was always told I'd be dead or in jail by the time I was 16 or 17 because I, I used to, my first instinct was to fight. I grew up that's without, you know, right? yeah, yeah. I grew up without a father, didn't really have much male guidance growing up except for, like, coaches, but, you know, you're only around them certain periods of time. And so uh, I, I, I had decided that I wanted to, like, really just demolish stereotypes, especially of the African-American male. Right. Uh, coming you know, from a poor Coming from a background, poor background right. without a father. Don't tell me, you know, black men can't be good fathers. Don't tell me You're the father of the year. Yeah, yeah. And uh, don't tell me, you know, the black men are dumb and are, are uneducated when I see numerous guys that are educated. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a well, master's degree. This is a degree. stupid thing to say. Right, but it's, it is it is it's something that has been, yeah. yeah. Uh, athletes are dumb jocks or whatever it may be. So my point, you know, everywhere I've been has always been to be able to just let people see God in me and see uh, love in me. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, I have a master's degree from the University of Florida uh, when I used to be an F student, DNF student. I was a DNF student because I just didn't give a shit. I didn't right. care about I had no motivation, right? right? But once I realized, like, that there, when that guy told me that, it made, it just shot my whole academic progress into the next gear. You're going to get out of there. Yeah. And, and my high school coach, he really tried. He tried to run me off my first year, my ninth grade year. Uh, I had to run, you know, seventy-two trap plays in a row. Which, Why was he trying to run you off? Uh, because I one, I wasn't from there, and two, because like I, I and I still I'm this way now, Darren. To tell you, and anybody hang like I don't, I just don't give a shit. Like I don't care what people say. Mm-hmm. Like, I believe what I believe, and there's nobody that's going to change that. Mm-hmm. Nobody's going to force me or bully me into thinking a certain way. And so uh, Coach had a very intimidating way about him, but you can't scare me. I've I've stayed in a, a two-bedroom <laughs> apartment and shut gunshots going off in the background and seeing other people get stabbed and shot like, you can't scare me. Mm-hmm. So. He ran me. He ran me. He ran 72 trap plays, me and a guy named J.W. Hardy. I ended up going to the hospital and uh for cramping and came back the next day and i went to his office i said coach you know i don't know what what it was that you were trying to do but i just want you to know that i'm going to be one of the best high school football players that you ever coached and he was like son you haven't even made a team here yet and i said coach i didn't tell you i made a team i told you i was going to be one of the best in high school players that you ever coached and so injuries happened I ended up getting moved up to varsity in my ninth grade year and then starting my sophomore and junior year and ended up being the number one recruit in, in the country. And I looked at him at the end of the <laughs> right as I was signing, and I said, you remember what I told you four years ago, right? He's like, you're damn right. I'm proud of you. <laughs> I told you so. Yeah. But, I mean, that th- you guys are both very inspirational, you know, talking about having no father now, actually getting awarded the father mm-hmm. in the year, being a gay athlete in a very macho, male-oriented uh, vocation. Did you ever hear of a guy called Chris Canyon, Darren? Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Billy Kidman talks yeah. very highly of him. They were and, best friends. And this is why I'm very intrigued by when when you when you you know came out as a gay man because I was friends with Chris too. Not best friends, but pretty good friends with him. In the WCW days, he was he was one of the brothers, you know. And he ended up committing suicide uh, because he was gay. And I think he might have come out not because he was gay, but he had a lot of issues. But I think one of them was for years he was gay, but never. Never admitted it, never said it. And we knew, like, you just know. You know what I mean? At the strip club, uncomfortable, never with a girl. It's like, just say it. No one cares. But he would never take that plunge. 
and it drove him to really losing it, you know? And it's it makes me sad because if he would have done what you did, he might still be here. He might not, but it just would have been nice to kind of see what would have happened. Don't you feel uh, it would have been a little bit tougher back then? It's a little, yes. It's a little easier now. Darren, absolutely, because this was the 90s. Like I said, Rob Halford in 1985 mm-hmm. being the gay yeah. singer of Judas Priest. Yeah. You can't do that. It's heavy metal. Yeah. It's chicks and drinking, yeah. whatever. Same thing in 96, 97. Him coming out as gay would have probably been harder for him than it is now because now we're very politically correct and rightfully so. Mm-hmm. You know, But also very um, open to everyone just doing, doing your thing. Whatever makes you happy, just don't hurt other people. And it's a shame because I like Cannon because he was very innovative. He was a very innovative guy, very funny, fun guy to hang out with, but there was always that cloud. And he actually wrote a book that came out after he passed away where he basically, it's like a manual. This is how I felt. This was terrible. And telling stories about having to go meet somebody, you know, in the middle of the night because he was too scared to have them come to his house or his hotel or whatever it was. And it just it just kind of saddens me to know, like, if it was a different time, maybe he could have had a different you know, different fate. You know, how, how did you feel when you finally gave the announcement? Uh, I mean, like I said, when I said what I said to TMZ, I was sick as a dog. But I mean, after that, finally, the first couple days. Oh, uh, afterwards, uh, my first live appearance was on uh, Raw, and Titus and I were taking on Cesaro and uh, Swagger, and the response that both. Both Titus and I got was unbelievable at the Staples Center. Mm. No, that is in Ontario. Oh, Anaheim, I'm sorry. Anaheim. Yeah. Arrowhead. Oh, was that the Staples Center? Honda mm-hmm. Center. Anaheim, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Well, the crowd response was unbelievable for us because it was all over the news. And still to this day, um, I get great feedback from the fans. And you get some people on Twitter, but my whole thing is if they don't know you personally don't take it personal mm-hmm. yeah it's social media for yeah. you you know if you're going to wade in those waters yeah. not everyone's going to call you the internet king, king of everything right internet, internet thugs, thugs yeah. Yeah. internet thugs <laughs> can't fight their way out of the way roaches <laughs> yeah so you finally come back your your knee is healed up got a killer beard looking cool how does how does the ptp get back on track again we we both got a text saying bring your primetime players gear and this was, again, off of, you know, being told one thing for weeks and him being told one thing for weeks. <laughs> and then we just get a blanket text, hey, bring your primetime players gear. And I text him and asked him if he knew what was going on, and he told me no. And, and then we got to TV that, that uh, Monday, and uh, I came in and saved him. And then the next day on SmackDown, you know, he came and did Hallelujah. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and... Uh, but one of the ideas that I had um, was uh, bringing back Bob Backlund and having him being like my mentor, yeah. <laughs> like my uh, my life coach. Oh, yeah? Yeah. When I come back, I'm depressed, you know, I have no friends, I yeah, have no Bob partner. Yeah, Bob can't up. And uh, <laughs> Bob Backlund, he, he's really funny. Yeah. He, he's oh, really yeah. funny yeah. and just, um, just mingling with him whenever he's in the area. He just gives you his time, and I just think he's hilarious. Mm. Yeah. And I think that would have been funny, but I was just coming up with different ideas to get back on TV. Throw anything as well, because when you came back, you were here for a while Yeah, doing, and I've had JTG on the show we talked about, just doing the JTG, yeah. just yeah. hanging out, yeah. not doing anything, yeah. nothing worse. And that, 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 that bothers me and him, uh, I mean, for similar and, and different reasons. For me, it's like, you know, I'm I'm 38 years old. 
I have two sons that I miss every damn week. Right, being on the road. Yeah, yeah. and uh, I didn't come here, you know, just to collect a check. I can go play dominoes. Yeah, or, right. yeah. Eat I, catering. Yeah. Uh, and I legitimately get pissed when I don't have an opportunity to do something. Uh, even if it's a backstage, I feel like I've came and I've earned my check. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, some guys are comfortable with that. Some guys are comfortable with just making X amount of money and staying laying low under the radar. But no, I'm I, I truly believe I'm, I'm a star, and I needed to be. And if you're yeah. going to be away from home, yeah, your boys, yeah, I'm going to make you it work. Be yeah, doing I'm gonna, exactly. Us, yeah, you know, yeah, be you, yeah, you know too. I've seen I, you your know, kids, and I'm the same way. No days off. Yeah. I hate days off on the right. road. I hate them. Yeah, I hate them. Yeah. And that's the reason why. Yeah. You know, we're here to work. And yeah. if I'm making money, it's okay. If I'm just yeah. sitting around, yeah. you know, and I've been there too. When I first yeah. came to the WWE, it was like that. It's so frustrating. It's yeah. a buzz killer of all what buzz killers, you know. What was the turnaround for you? Because I know you came Just uh, same thing, man. A lot of politics coming from WCW to WWE. It really was a, a real war at that point mm-hmm. in time. You know, so um, there was a target on my back because I came by myself. Mm-hmm. So it was just kind of uh, similar to what you guys are talking about. Just kind of getting to know the system, getting to know the politics and how to play it. And, you know, I knew that I would, I knew that I would make it here mm-hmm. because I'd made it everywhere else that I'd right, been. Right. I'd been to, you know, 10 different territories. Right. So just knowing that I could do it and mm-hmm. just biting my tongue when I had to, and thank you, sir, may I have another one I had to, especially with the boss. And even though I wanted to punch some people in the face, I yeah. didn't. Yeah. And then slowly but surely you gain your, your respect. I mean, that's, right. the, that's the way to make it here is right. gaining respect, yeah. as you guys know. And when you first come in there, you know, like you said, who the hell are these kids? Who are these guys? Who are these guys coming in here? Then slowly, oh, that's a good match. That was good. Or knowing, like, if I work with this guy, he's going to make me look good. Mm-hmm. And he's, wow, can we can we work with him? Mm-hmm. And that's just how that's how you, you, you right. make it work here, right. you know, in, in this world, yeah. you know. And uh, I was going to ask you, too, you're talking about wanting to make things work and pitching ideas and stuff. And you mentioned the Backlund thing, which is great because he's totally nuts, which is in a, in a good way. Mm-hmm. Uh, he used to have this little calculator thing when i was in japan that if you type a word in it it would tell you it would say the name of the word and give you the definition so we were on a bus in japan i'm reading a book and it has lugubrious mm-hmm. a state of melancholy feeling hey. good word chris That's yeah. a good word. <laughs> like this like texas instrument yeah. thing you know like <laughs> futile something that's not going to work that's a good word chris you can use that mm-hmm. you know but you had what was the guy's name? Pancake, Pancake Patterson. Pancake yeah. Patterson. Yeah. Please tell me about Pancake Patterson. Yeah. Well, Were you involved in this too? Yeah. yeah, I was Leon Bone Crusher Baker, but yeah. the people didn't see it on TV. Yeah, people didn't see. Would you get cut? Oh well, no. No. He, he had a match. Oh, so he had a match out. against JC. Yeah. Just, <laughs> Who's JC? John Cena. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> So so okay so you're Pancake Patterson you're Leon Bone Leon Bone Crusher Baker but big man don't tell him why they call me yeah, Bone Crusher please so. <laughs> well you're Bone Crusher Fred on the uh, Indies yeah. brother I'm yeah. the Bone Crusher I'm tough macho yeah. so what so tell me about this well I just both of us are big fans of like Martin Lawrence and right Tyler sure. Perry and Eddie Murphy and all those guys and you know my whole thing is this is an entertainment company and so I wanted to do things that like. So the whole my whole idea with that and his you want to play a character like those play, guys yeah. do yeah. so yeah play a like character the, but the also to, yeah exactly so and it's like they were representatives of us when we weren't there but then when people start asking about our uncle 
you know, my, my uncle had gout, so he couldn't, make, <laughs> he couldn't make it to all the trips. And uh, and Bone Crusher, you know, that, the reason that Bone Crusher was Bone Crusher. Bone Crusher did a little time. Yeah, he he had just he was like slowly, almost getting off probation. But no, he okay. never wanted anybody to know why he was on probation to start with. Okay. But I just thought it was just fun. It was mm-hmm. just a fun way to, you know, as good guys and baby faces to like have that have that. In the in the book where we can go to that, you know, it was like uh, your alter ego. Yeah, and they were going to advocate for us, and we had ideas about having like a a match, you know, a number one. Like they kept holding us back, holding us back, and then our uncles came out and had a match, maybe against Los Matadors in the overall. So Pancake everything. was your uncle, and yeah. Bone Crusher was your uncle. They'd be old, they'd be doing like old <laughs> old school boots, high boots, and. <laughs> Pancake's gout would flare up, and he'd have to come in to save him. And it's oh, so just, Pancake had the gout. Yeah, but they, well, so so, the, so you made the appearance. Did you have the, the gimmick teeth I in had, that? No, I didn't have. What teeth. Did you, what was it? you have? I just had uh, an I afro you had a pipe. Didn't a you? Pipe. Yeah, I had an afro, a pipe, and some glasses. That was it. And you played out Cena. You said he's been going ten years too long. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. The people we don't Pittsburgh. want to yeah. see you, John. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. So uh, yeah, John said. Um, <laughs> Yeah, you guys, you guys, I like your stick. I like what's going on. But, you know, uh, we'll, we'll see. It's very entertaining. We'll see you at SummerSlam. And I was like, well, John, that's what you don't understand. They don't want to see you at SummerSlam, John. And the crowd, and the crowd like, oh, so, yeah. so pancakes getting over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what, the, what the people want is to see the primetime players going for the WWE Tag Team Championships. And they popped on that, too. You know, and, then but, what would, and then what would you be doing in the background? He had, oh, well, he I, had, I'd just be pacing back and forth oh, with yeah. my Tourette syndrome. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, Leon has Tourette syndrome? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, bad. He left, I didn't yeah, know that. He just, just shoot okay. off. Yeah, just, just yeah. scream and yell. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But I had fun because over the years um, I've learned to be more entertaining because, you know, at the end of the day, you know, I love wrestling. I'm a wrestler. I love to grapple. I've watched you, Chris, uh, in, in, in Japan. and um, But I've learned to be more entertaining hanging with this guy. Mm-hmm. Right, because that's, that's the part of the primetime player's gimmick. Yeah, because yeah, like you said, you're a man of few words. You're a naturally quiet guy. I'm like Lynch from Seattle. Seattle <laughs> yeah. You know, he yeah. is. But, yeah. you know, I have a switch, but yeah. I like to do my dirty work in the ring. Yeah, well, I think the first, when you f- f- first started the NXT invasion, I was like, is, that guy, is he a mute? Does he yeah, talk? Yeah, He's like, yeah. yeah, I talk. Hey. How's, yeah. it going? How's it going? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm Triple H always, I'm yeah. Triple H way. always walks by every time he gets speak to him. He's like, "What's up, Darren?" He's like, "Darren always looks sleepy." And then you're here to talk to him. So Pancake and Leon only made one appearance, right? Yeah, well, on TV, but oh, okay. we did like backstage segments. We did tons stuff. of yeah. backstage. Yeah, tons. I got a great yeah. reaction yeah. on yeah. Twitter. Yeah. So, so what uh, what finally happened to uh, cause Pancake and Leon to be escorted out the door? Well, I don't even think they escorted them out. Oh, okay. The door. They just we just haven't done it. But I I would like to do it again. I and and I we opened the Monday Night Raw with Pancake Patterson and John Cena. What did Vince say? Well, he he loved it. <laughs> we we actually uh and this was another like this is one of the things that I think helps us is because you know I I don't I if I have an idea or. I'm not afraid of Vince. Like, you you know, a lot of people are afraid of Vince. He's an intimidating guy yeah. if you allow him to be, yeah, if right? you allow him to be. But he's he's a man, mm-hmm. you know, and he loves this company. He's put his all into it. And he loves to see people that are passionate about making things happen for right. his company. And that so, have ideas. Right. And so uh, 
I had asked Fit Finley, you know, what he thought of it before, and I show, we showed him the, uh, the the clip that we did a week before on the app. What did Fit say? And he loved it. He just died. He was dying laughing. <laughs> and so he was like, uh, I say, Fit, just do us a favor and, uh, and, and just go tell Vince that you got some people that, that they need to see him. And then, like, Fit went almost into the door. He's like, Vince, as soon as he said Vince, we just bust in there. You know, and we just as the guys, put, yeah, as the guys, and it's like, what you gonna do is put us on TV, you know, put the primetime players on TV. We here, and we just went With, off. Did you have the wig on? Had, the, had everything. Had the. What's pipe. he looking? What's he doing when you're doing this? Oh, he was. He's just laughing. He's just, oh, that's that's great. You know, blah blah blah, <laughs> this and that. Him and Ed Koski were sitting in there, and they oh, were just that's dying that's laughing. Great. And. Uh, I, and I said when I walked out, I said, uh, "Now don't let this be the last time you see us," you know. <laughs> yeah. And then the next week we're on Monday Night Raw. Opening Raw, yeah, one of the biggest <laughs> slots of the show. Yeah. I was yeah. so nervous about doing it, and I was like, "Oh, Titus, should we go in the office?" Yeah, he, yeah, he was, he was like, "I don't know, man. I don't know." I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, "You gonna get me fired, Titus?" I don't I know. It's like, TV. Hey. It's busy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. It was Raw too, and he was just, yeah, he was, he, he, I, I, he, he was scared. Down there to death. So, so when you came out through the curtain, was did you did you see Vince or did you one of those ones just walk through? Did you go talk to him or? Yeah, he just oh yeah, he just laughed. (laughs) He just laughed. He laughs at us a lot. He had me throw up on TV. He thought I was gonna like put some stuff in my mouth and just spit it out. And then uh, he so we had a Thanksgiving special. Where we had to eat off between eating eating contest contest with Kali, right? With Kali, yeah. Eat off, yeah, yeah, eating eat against off. him. Thanksgiving okay. I thought you said you were eating off of Kali. I'm like, that would no, make no, me no, puke no, too. No, no, no. <laughs> no, okay. Vicky Guerrero was, and so, okay. so we sitting there eating. You're having a contest, like, yeah. you eat the most. And I, and I won. I was like, yeah, what I told you, Kali. And I'm got, I'm just looking stuff, and I got all this stuff. And she was like, Vic, uh, Vicky was like, Titus, congratulations, you get to have a match tonight on SmackDown. I was like. You know, and I just, I was like down, and then I was like, and he was like, and she's like, against Cesaro. <laughs> and then everybody was in the background, like, ooh, and I was like looking concerned. and With the full stuff? Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, we had the segment. and So you went to the ring and threw up? I, yeah, he spent me. He spent me, and I went out, and uh, Vince had told me to, you know, take the stuff and put it in my mouth and just spit it back out. And I was like, no, nah, I'm a, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it. For oh, that. you're actually going to throw so up? I threw up, yeah. So I threw up. <laughs> How do you throw up? I just, I feel you myself. You swallowed it, right? Yeah, I swallowed that, but I also had like a bunch of water and stuff, like soda and water. So I knew it would come up like right away. So you're drinking the stuff rather yeah. than just putting your mouth and spitting it. You're going to drink yeah. it and have it go down and then yeah, come up yeah, again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, uh, yeah, I was I was throwing up and, I, and then I and went over and grabbed JBL's hat. And um, and picked up the hat and threw up in his hat and put it on Michael Cole. Dry heaving next to you. Yeah. <laughs> You're starting to get that smell. Yeah. Legit dry yeah, heaving. Yeah. You know who would have thrown up even worse? Jerry Briscoe. Oh, he had wow. a really weak stomach. Oh, all somebody you, said that, too. All yeah. you would have to do is go up to him and go, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. oh stop it, stop it, stop yeah. it. And he'd be sitting there, like, if someone farted or something and you, like, spit it in his face yeah. or something, he would be sitting there going, like, the most comical, <laughs> like, almost fake... Retro. <laughs> 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 
Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. So, yeah, he would have been definitely wretching with you guys. Yeah. <laughs> but what are other, what other some, uh, some of the other things you've done? I know you guys did some backstage vignettes when you were getting back together, yeah. kind of uh, making jokes about people or imitating people. or what Yeah, was it? yeah we imitated all the tag teams. Who did you imitate? Who was there? Everybody. Even the New Age Outlaws, but we did it like in a in a honoring way. Uh-huh. But uh, uh, we, Los Matadors, New Day. The Detention. The, the Ascension, yeah. The Detention. <laughs> oh, the detention. <laughs> we had some crappy Right, you had the crappy pads, yeah. shoulder pads yeah. on. Yeah, um, How do you imitate the Matadors? Uh, oh, we had the uh, we had some makeshift mask on, uh-huh. and uh, uh, we had a rainbow because uh, we were overseas and we couldn't find like a big like bull teddy bear or whatever. Right. So we had a rainbow bow stuffed animal. You know, he was <laughs> oh, like, yeah, that was when I hit. Yeah. Rainbow is my favorite color. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> like little stuff just to throw in yeah, there. I, 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 that's why I asked the first, that's the right, first right. time I asked the question. You know, For the hardcore fans. Yeah, like, tell me where you find of some Puerto Rican bullfighters anyway. <laughs> I'll wait. <laughs> so that's part of what you guys like to do, though. I mean, that, yeah. that, like you mentioned earlier, Darren, about being more entertaining and having more fun in what you're doing. You, you have, it's yeah. more than just wrestling. Yeah. yeah. I realize that now after, you know, so many years, but you got to be entertaining. It's amazing how the, the switch will flick at a certain point in time. Like you mentioned, doing this for as long as you have, and it is about, I've got to be big, and yeah. I've got to do bumps and take yeah. these falls, yeah. and then come out there and, you know, throw up on camera yeah, and, you exactly. know, play, you know, Leon Bonecrusher, mm -hmm. and suddenly, like, wow, this is fun. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like right. that—that's the real secret of, of how to make it in this business. There's a combination of the two that you have to have. And I think also too, I mean, just coming from some uh, very, you know, it's just structured. You know, best guys play whatever it may be, but you have to have a level of like, I don't give a damn anymore. Sure, absolutely, you really do. And I, and I'm at that point anyway. I've been at that point for a while, so I just don't care. Yeah. So, all right, if you got have something for me, cool. If you don't, that's going to be cool, too. I used to really get upset, but then I, like, look around, and there are other people experiencing the same thing mm -hmm. that I am. So I can't say this is a thing that's isolated towards me or for Darren or whatever. No, it, it, this business is a it's wheel. Like, yeah, You're on yeah. I, that's what I mentioned it earlier, okay? And, uh, and Nexus guys? This is at the top, yeah. and yeah. as soon as you got up here, pretty soon you're going to be down at the bottom again, and some yeah. of you guys are going to fall off. Same for all of us. Right. You're on top, yep. you're in the opening match. You're in the middle match, you're on top. And that's just how it goes. Nobody stays on top forever. Right. I mean, Cena is a guy who's the exception. Right. Right. You know, Hogan was the exception in the 80s. You know, Bob Backlund in the 70s, Bruno Sammartino. But that's the one guy. The rest of us, right. we're just here to yep. basically be get that guy over yep. and make it entertaining. Yeah, be a cog in the wheel. That's right. Yeah. You know, I'll just, like I said, I'll be the best cog in the wheel I can while I'm under contract and then go do whatever it is. You want everyone to see your cog? Yeah. Got a nice cog, yeah. Yeah. nice big yeah. cog, big, nice fat cog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so as we're getting ready to wind down here, how is it for you guys becoming the tag team champions? Uh, it's the, I mean, it's it's five years of of frustration and and it's it's really an honor. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, a lot of people like to say, "Oh, well, it's just WWE and." Uh, it's predetermined and there's things like that. No, I'm I'm in I'm in the history books. Me and Darren and I are in the history books with names like The Rock and Chris mm -hmm. Jericho and uh, you know Hulk Hogan and Mick Foley and all them as enlisted as a champion. And I tell kids all the time when I speak to people, there's two things that people can never take away from you. 
a championship and an education. Once you win a championship, your name will always be in history. Once mm-hmm. you get your education, you get your diploma, you get your degree, nobody can ever take that away from you. That's right, yeah. And so uh, it's been, I mean, we've all, I, I, whether with a title or without a title, I've always represented the company the same because that's just who I am. And Darren's the same way. A co-sign to that yeah. big man. Uh, <laughs> uh I feel like I'm a champion regardless if I have a title behind it or not. And it's the same way if I were working in a corporation, I'd feel like I was the president or I would come to the work as the CEO or the president because that's the job that I want. Well, I mean, you, you made a point, too, about how it's predetermined. Well, you know, winning an Oscar is predetermined, too. Someone decides if you win. Right. And that's what you're getting with a championship. Someone is deciding. Right. These guys are worthy with the performances mm-hmm. that they've done. We mm-hmm. think they can handle this. Right. So it, it does mean a lot. And for mm-hmm. people to say, oh, it's nothing. That's yeah, not. No, it's, it's, anybody it's, says that it either doesn't know their time or they're lying. Yeah. Yep, exactly. You know, yeah, how did it feel for you after all these years, Darren, being in the business? Yeah, I mean, yeah it, it was a dream come true. And uh, I never thought it, that it would happen. But it did, and at the end of the day for me, um, when I do my speaking engagements, it's all about connecting with those people that were, you know, kind of unsure about themselves and, and you know, wanting to take their own life. You know, that's really rewarding to me, you know, not only being a title holder, but being able to, you know, talk to some people and save lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's pretty heavy, man. Yeah. Well, it's the truth. Uh, you know, like he, he's, we've had a lot of conversations about the platforms that we have, you know, and uh, been very supportive on both. I've been very supportive of him, the LGTP, LG, LG. Damn it, big man, get it yeah, right. LGBT. LGBT. Say it for yeah, me. Say it for me. LGBT. LGBT. You used yeah. to get it wrong too. I used to get it wrong. Yeah, there's yeah, a lot of initials yeah, in there. Yeah, yeah. yeah, too much. You don't have plenty of practice. <laughs> yeah. I don't want anyone to yell at me if I get it wrong. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, coming for you quick. But I, you know, uh, there's this thing. You know, there's this one sentence here that says we, we're here to put smiles on people's faces. I think that if that's your number one goal, then it shouldn't matter whether you're a title holder or not. I think uh, we all have that ability, whether we're WWE champion, tag team champion, you know, or backstage uh, producer. It's just uh, a matter of you willing to be able to go out and do it. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody here has accomplished something in life. And uh, to be here, you know, is definitely an honor. Um, but this is not, this is like, it's like people that go to church. Just because you go to church doesn't mean that that's the only place that you should grow and learn and reach people. You should reach people. Really, you are the church. We are the church. We are people that go out and and uh, visit hospitals and troops. And, uh, and people, uh, I did an interview last week, and they asked me what's the most gratifying is winning the, the WWE Tag Team Championship, the greatest uh, part of my job. And I tell them, no, it's not. It's definitely the highest honor I've received and the highest accolade I've received. But really the greatest honor that I have um, with this company uh, is to be able to go out and change lives, Uh, whether it be via social media or, you know, visiting hospitals or doing the breast cancer awareness with the Susan G. Coleman or be a star rallies um, or doing stuff on my own. I am who I am, and I've come to grips with with that, you know, and – when we take time to look at, like, well, you could be one situation from being paralyzed, or you could be one situation from being in the hospital next to your mom, 
after she got diagnosed with breast cancer for the third time. Mm-hmm. When you take yourself and you put yourself in other people's position, it makes it a lot easier for you to remain humble. And this business won't change me a bit. It hasn't. Football never changed me because at the end of the day, I am who I am, who I said in the beginning of the mm-hmm. interview, a guy that comes from a single-parent home that has lived without, and I'm not afraid to go without again. Uh, if it's for the right reasons and for the right cause. You're using the platform here to, to, to spread that, and so are yeah. you, Darren. Uh, final question, uh, what's your favorite match that you've ever had? Start start with you, Darren. Favorite match I've ever had? <clears throat> I've ever had, it had to be my moment with Cena. Um, um, when I got kicked out of the Nexus, one on one with him, going 15 minutes with him. That's a long time, too, yeah. for Raw, yeah. yeah. Yeah, main event, so that was a cool moment for me. That's cool. How about you, Titus? My favorite match, I have two of them. The the, fir- the first one would be the first time we went for the WWE Tag Team Championships at SummerSlam. Against? Uh, against uh, Kofi and uh, Troop. Okay. Um, and then the second one would definitely be my first match and longest match since I've been here um, was with Rey Mysterio, and it was the greatest learning experience and that was your first match no not my oh, first, your first my, match with my first match with him with him oh, okay yeah, before they put him and Sankara together and, gotcha. uh, and stuff like that but yeah he's just very fun he, he kind of let me throw him around it's I'll like wrestling with one of your sons yeah yeah can you, exactly. do, can you do this yeah yeah, yeah, yeah with this yeah yeah, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> just a, a great learning experience like you know what what i don't have to do you know right uh, i don't have to do a whole lot to, yeah to, Especially with guys like Especially with the size like that, yeah. You remember that uh, one time big man? I'm sorry, Chris. You remember that one time overseas with Ray? Yeah. Yeah, we couldn't find him. And, like, I'm I'm such a big fan of Ray (laughs) that I want to know. It was our first time going to, yeah, in in the, uh, it was our first time ever working in a tag match. Okay. Yeah, with Ray. I I couldn't find him because I wanted to know, like, you know. (laughs) What's he going to do? Yeah. I I don't want to drop him. He started crying. So so we did the match with nothing really. We just freestyled out out there. And when I came to the back, I was just bawling my eyes out. Because like like I wanted to have a good match with him mm-hmm. because he's had great matches with Brock and Kurt Angle and I look up to Ray so I was just upset because I feel like I did a terrible job and then the next day Ray like sat me down it's like I see how passionate you are and that's great and we're gonna make it better you know and we made it better you got but it the match was fine yeah. I just wanted to know you know right. what we yeah. were gonna do yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah he wasn't nowhere to be found. yeah he probably do that on purpose just to mess with you <laughs> oh, I was so upset <laughs> alright guys it's great having you. you guys are both very inspirational and uh, one of my favorite teams today and uh hopefully you make yourselves millions of dollars millions of dollars well, i can say it's just a gimmick i can say no 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 it's real millions yeah. of dollars millions, millions of dollars, of dollars. Maybe, maybe, maybe in pesos maybe millions of pesos yeah, pesos definitely we've made that <laughs> <laughs> thanks again to the primetime players titus o'neill and darren young great stories i love darren's stories he's such a quiet guy but he really uh came out of his shell the, to talk uh, during this show wore his sunglasses the whole time which I thought was cool he was really chilling like a villain on Thanksgiving and speaking of Thanksgiving uh, Canadian Thanksgiving is in October and that's when I'm back in the WWE also in September horrible segue doesn't matter Y2J WWE Fall Tour begins September 11th next week four countries over the next month and a, and a bit September 11th 
9th, Edmonton. September 12th, Calgary. September 25th, Toronto. That's for all my Canadian Jericho-holics. September 26th, Syracuse. 27, Rochester. We got October 2nd is uh, Trenton, New Jersey. October 3rd, New York City, which is Y2J's 25th anniversary. I'm bringing my friends down. Lance Storm is coming to Madison Square Garden. Uh, Don the Natural Callus, Cyrus, he's coming to Madison Square Garden. Dr. Luther Lenny Olson, he's coming to Madison Square Garden. We are going to have a great uh, anniversary, the Jericho Y2J 25th anniversary at Madison Square Garden, October 3rd. Super excited about that. Also heading to Saudi Arabia, heading to Mexico, also for the WWE. And then we're going out with Kiss, October 30th on the Kiss Cruise. Then we're going to the Cinderblock Party, uh, back to the UK and Europe with Nonpoint Sumo Psycho. That starts November 13th in Rotterdam. Goes all the way across the main continent. Come uh, check us out. Go to FozzyRock.com for all the cities and venues and ticket information. Uh, I want to thank you for everyone that comes to the Fozzy shows. I want to thank everyone that came and saw me on the Y2J uh, Summer Tour. And you're going to be there on the Y2J Fall Tour. I want to thank you guys who download Talk is Jericho twice a week for free. Which you're able to do thanks to the great Talk is Jericho sponsors. Poker Stars, DraftKings. Don't forget, use my promo code Y2J to play for free. SeatGeek, use Chris J to get a $20 rebate on your first purchase. And, of course, Amazon, which is still the easiest way to support this show. Anything you want or need on Amazon, listen, you got to get the new Iron Maiden record. It is amazing. Book of Souls. It's a grower, not a shower. But when it starts getting into your head, you are going to love it. And the packaging is insane. For the CDs, for the LPs, I'm going to buy them both. I'm going to do that through Amazon. Uh, Book of Souls comes out this Friday. And, of course, this Friday... Well, I'll tell you who's going to be on the show this Friday at the end of the show. But if you're going to buy Book of Souls, do that on Amazon. Buy whatever you want. Just help out Talk is Jericho in the process. You go to podcastone.com, click on the Supporter Show Sponsors banner at the top of the page, then hit the Talk is Jericho button. Amazon links in USA, Canada, A, UK. Every time we do that, Amazon kicks back a little cash to the show. So we need to do this for you for twice a week. No extra fees. I'll hidden challenges. Podcast One, click on the Supporter Show Sponsors banner at the top of the page, then hit the Talk is Jericho button. All right, that's it for Talk is Jericho. Thanks to the primetime players this Friday. Friday. I've been working on this one for six months to get the lead singer of Iron Maiden, Bruce Dickinson, is going to be on Talk is Jericho this Friday. We're going to be talking about the Book of Souls. We're going to talk about the Power Slave Tour. We're going to talk about World War I biplanes. We're going to talk about songwriting. And we're going to talk about when he cut his hair and the reactions that he got uh, for cutting it and the reactions he got when he had long hair. Plus, we'll talk about why his cousin Chad's band Cletus and why Bruce Dickinson knows them. So much cool stuff coming up with Bruce, one of the greatest singers of all time, one of my biggest heroes in heavy metal, in rock and roll. Bruce Dickinson, Iron Maiden, here this Friday to discuss the Book of Souls and to discuss everything else we talked about. So we'll see you then. We'll see you, Bruce. Up the Irons and up the Abboys. You can download new episodes of Talk is Jericho every Wednesday and Friday at podcastone.com. That's podcastone.com. 